Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. feel like there's a lot going on in this building. I kind of like it. Yeah. How's the morning show going? Morning show is going great. Am I allowed to talk about the morning show here? I, we haven't. It's our show. Like, you, you ever talk about ESPN six ninety on the morning show? Uh, every once in a while. I mean, <laughs> no. my, my compliments. That's but yeah, like taboo. No, <laughs> no, um, no. Every once in a while, I'll bring it up. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, we had a we had the whole Aaron Rodgers got engaged, so we talked uh, about that a little bit. I'm like, didn't you talk about on ESPN six ninety? Didn't you talk about the other player that got upset that wanted to be traded because didn't get a happy birthday? Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's Isaiah Wilson? Was that the dude from oh, uh, yeah, Tennessee? Yeah. 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 Because they wish him happy birthday. So that was on the show. So All yeah, right. run a little, little cross-platformer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Hey, uh, you like the shirt? Love the shirt. Hey, love the shirt. Shirt's pretty good, huh? Love the shirt. So yeah. baseballism is a thing. Like you've sure. never, have you, you know, you don't know what that is probably. Not even close. All right. So baseballism um, is a clothing company, mm-hmm. if I would say. That's how I would characterize them. Mm-hmm. Hats, clothes, whatever. Uh, and... Merchandise around the game of baseball. They have like some great sayings. Then they'll honor some players. Well, they just came out with like a Ken Griffey thing yeah. last week, and the Griffey Jr. had uh, like the thing that caught my attention is they had the silhouette of Griffey with like an earring, the chain, yeah. and uh, the hat on backwards. And obviously he's doing the swing on that. No, not on oh. this one. They okay. they had just had like a side profile of him. Okay. And it was on a hat. Cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I can't. First of all, I have a million hats, and secondly. Like I was, I was planning on going to buy the hat. Like that's all I thought they had. I yeah. saw it. I was like, you know what? I'm still gonna get it. I think that's kind of cool. That's that's pretty good. Uh, but hats, I hate hats now. You know why? Because they're all flat bill hats. Yeah. They're all Welcome flat to, bill hats. Well, yeah. Because you curve them yourself. Hey, they don't. Curve. Not, not if you not if you buy the eighty dollar ones. They come curved. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, shoot. Do, do they, they better come curved? Come. They better. The ones that I get, yeah. They better come more than curves for do, 80 bucks. Do you, get like a, do you get like a custom curve where it's like what percentage of incline do you want on in your hat? And you could type that in? There is something that asks like your forehead curvature or something See, like that. See, I mean, for 80 bucks a hat, you better be getting some curvature talk. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. The <laughs> analytics on you that. Get some... <laughs> Doesn't belong in football. Definitely belongs in hats, though. But, like, I, I don't think this is – what I want to know – I. I'm getting to that age where it's like the uh, the old guy talk a little bit. Oh, you're you're there, right? So. Especially hanging around with you guys. Yeah. But are you? Well, you're not a hat guy, so this I is a bad conversation. A but if you're asking me what I prefer, straight bill all day. It's not even close. So that flat bill, flat, rather right, than the curve, bill, without a doubt. Really? Yeah. Dude, like the the the, the curve is it's like it's too, with all due respect, it's too daddy. You know, it's too daddy. That sounds bad. And it's too dad mode. I feel like I, th- I feel like the 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 flat bill is a little more new school. It's a little more, you know, just cool. Not saying you're not cool. I mean, you're you're cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to say myself here. No, like listen, I got the, a cool shirt on. You got a cool shirt on, and the the curve bill for you looks good. It does. I, th- I think it depends on the type of people. But like. Okay, so I buy like a Creekside hat. Okay. For a tie. Sure. For, from tie. See, yeah. look, see what they have the shrimp hat? Yeah, because the like, shrimp, the shrimp know what's up. I know they know what's up. They I know curve what, it, Brent. Yeah, but the, it's, there's something about the flat bill hats that are even hard to curve. Unbelievable. Like, they. You, you remember they used to have like the perfect curve where it was yeah. literally like you a put it in a dishwasher. Bu- yeah, well, no, it was like a it was like a plastic thing. Yeah. It was like yeah, you it put it on your it. Yeah. yeah, twelve bucks or whatever that was at 
you know, sporting goods stores. It would be one thing if they morphed nicely into curved hats. Sure. But the problem with flat bill hats, look at the face of that, like the 904. Again, very nice hat, jumbo shrimp. You're, you're speaking to the people, not me. That's fine. Um, and I still bought the damn hat. Yeah, you did. I wasn't even given that hat, by the way, jumbo shrimp. I bought that hat. There it is. Just for the set. And But see how, like, right this part? Yes. Whatever that would yeah, be called on the like, hat. Um, see how tall it is? Yeah. Right? And it's kind of straight in and... It's almost straight in nature as well. Like, I, I don't even know what that from. part is called. It's, it's almost think. like a truck. It's like a trucker hat. A little you know, trucker style. Like, yeah, 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 there you yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, kind of the way our our hats were made, Correct. right? That, Correct. that foamy part. Yeah. But uh, I think the combination of that and the flat bill makes it hard to curve. Okay. And it okay. just doesn't have, like, this kind of effect, like the one I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And I just, uh, I get it. The kids love it. Like, the, the kids all thing, about it, Brent. The one thing... I remember like Deion Sanders wearing the flat bill cap, yes. like maybe before a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I baseball isn't very transcendent in nature. Like it's it's it doesn't start fads and all that stuff. I kind of feel like it did. Yeah. Like baseball guys started wearing it. Like, no, I mean it, it was now Allen Iverson's another guy I remember wearing it. Yep. The flat bill. Yep. But it took off a bunch in the last like ten years to the point where every youth league now has it. Yeah. Like everyone, like Ty doesn't know any hat other than a flat bill hat. Like that's what he wears. Sure. But I can't stand him. And so I buy a Creekside hat. Yeah. And it's a flat bill hat and I can't really do anything with it. Yeah. Like, can you make, can somebody make me a regular hat? Like, can I get an option? I'll pay $2 extra for the curved hat. Well, then you got to put it in the dryer and you got to let it form yourself. Like, listen, when you buy a pair of jeans, like, you don't want them broken in already. That's weird. You want to break them in yourself and fit them to your exact specifications, like Nike always says when you buy a uh, a pair of shoes. But, like, it's funny that you mentioned, like, the... (laughs) The curve or the flat bill, because growing up as a kid, you could tell what kind of kid somebody was by the way they curved their hat. Because like I'm reminded of like this, it wasn't even a curve; it was like a teepee. It, it, it was like a tent. Those kids were weird. Those kids were not like playing baseball. They were like in the field, like eating worms and stuff. Those kids were weird kids. I mean, if you picked flowers, tell me I'm wrong. Worms, if you didn't tell me, mean you were tell, weird. Me all, bro, right. tell me I'm wrong. The, the kids that had the yeah, the, the, the triangle tent yeah. type of curve were weird kids yeah not to say anything wrong with that but no, they're great. I, I support the weird <laughs> i do i love the weird I, i'm weird uh cuz so does this mean because you buy an 80 dollar hat to avoid the flat bill like are you not a flat bill guy because you I, uh the way my head is shaped with the flat bill it doesn't look right so i do have to wear it curved a little bit i'm honestly not really much of a fitted hat guy either like i don't mind them i but i i don't buy the fitted as hat. as i've gotten older like when I was younger, the flat bill I can wear backwards, right? I can wear the hat backwards. Of course, flat bill, but forward. The biscuit style, man. Yeah, Fred but Durst, forward, it looks it looks weird. Brent looks like so, Fred Durst. I actually, I actually <laughs> need to get a red hat. I actually feel like because I got the Griffey shirt on, yeah, yeah. I got to wear my hat backwards. Dude, I mean, I'm not. I'm not are you mad at backwards? I'm getting hat some hardcore right now? Billy Madison vibes right now. <laughs> See, I don't think it's that bad. I've, uh, I've seen worse I kinda people like rocking that backwards. backwards. Like, I've done it more and more. Like, and I never that, did that it as a kid. kind of flowing through, too, a little bit. I'm not mad at that. Anyway, if, you're not, if you haven't checked out the feeds fantastic on shirt. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, check out the shirt because the shirt's kind of cool. Yeah. Now, there's one other problem with the shirt. 
Yeah. Don't you hate like, the baseballism shirt? It's like I'm sitting here stretching it's, it out see, because this is where Brent starts to talk about how he's getting no, bigger in flexing. the weight room. No, no you, not you literally it's just tired at your sleeve and you flexed your bicep. I saw it. You Why flexed can't it. large be large? Like I don't wear an extra large shirt, but I, I feel do. like I need an extra large in this I one. Do. So here, here, that's the point. I mean, who, who are you talking to right now? I don't want how the, the baggy how do you think shirt. I feel Brent. How do you think I feel? Because I have this long, slender body. Push-ups are paying off. I know <laughs> See? He couldn't resist. He had to flex. He's flexing his pectorals and his biceps. But how do you think I feel, though, as a kid, Brent? Because back in the day, nothing was fitted, right? It was all about a bunch yeah. of, like, tall tees and stuff like that. So, like, I was, like, lean, but I was skinny. So I would have to wear, like, an extra large, but it was like a nightgown yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah. So, like... I hear what you're saying, man. Yeah. I'm with you. But now, thankfully, there's like the, they call it like the XLT, where it's like tall and it's a little more slender. Yeah, I would imagine you fitting in clothes. It's like a certain... It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Simple as it's not fun. Uh, yeah. Let's answer Stephen's questions about defense. He wants... It sounds like he what? wants a slow oh, white right. linebacker. Oh, that's... <laughs> That's, that's 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 my comment. I'm supposed to say stuff that's like that. That's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> well, what is Joe Schobert? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's Joe's actually fast. He's fast. He's very, he's fast. He's very athletic. Listen, uh, but the Jags don't need to. What he basically was, what Stephen was asking, is a three-four would Cullen or the Jags be interested in bringing more of that like slobber knocker linebacker in the, the yeah, puzzles yeah. of the world? And he actually referenced even Ray, Ray Lewis and you know not that speed. Uh, speed guy, yeah. necessarily. Like I hate to say, speed feels like playmaking a lot. Yeah. And I'm not talking speed like Telvin Smith, like speed yeah. and that kind of size. Uh, we're, you know, the one thing about Miles Jack is he's got it all, man. I mean, he's fast, he's violent. Like he is, see, that's the thing where I would say to Steven, mm-hmm. I was like, they already got him. Mm-hmm. Like, but you just don't want to give enough credit to Miles for being as physical and violent as he is sure. at the point of attack. But they got him, and they got him with speed and playmaking ability. So I don't think you need to do really anything to your linebacking room, even if you are going to show the three four more often than not. I think they like what they got. No, without a doubt. I'm reminded of a guy by the name of Derek Johnson in Kansas City, who was a, a traditional yeah. inside linebacker in a three four defense. Now Derek Johnson, one of the most Underrated linebackers next to Daryl Smith I ever played uh, with. And I think one of the most talented inside linebackers at the time. I think he, I mean, heck, he was an all pro, if I'm not mistaken, at least a pro bowler. Derek Johnson wasn't really an athletic freak. He was probably 6'3", I would call him, maybe 240, maybe 235. But what Derek Johnson did so well in that 3-4 defense was his ability to identify what the offense is trying to do. When you're talking about middle linebackers, like, yes, you have to come downhill. You're responsible for a lot more. But the biggest trait that you have to have at the middle linebacker position, especially the mic, as we call it, because, you know, there's the yep. mic, and we can call it the uh, the will or the weak side back, where I, I can first see Miles Jack obviously playing, because with the weak side, it's a little more, you can blitz every once in a while, you can drop back into coverage. It's a little more of an athletic position than the mic is. The most important, posi- the most important trait of a mic linebacker in a 3-4 defense is identifying. And it's getting everybody on the same page because we've said this before. If you choose to go to a true 3-4 defense, there's a lot more bells and whistles. There's going to be a lot more smoke screens that you have to call out. You know, who's dropping, who's blitzing, all this type of stuff. So you need a cerebral guy at the mic position. Now, I think Joe Schobert could be that guy. I remember when he was in Wisconsin when the Jaguars, uh, you know, signed him in free agency. One of the biggest things I said about Joe Schobert was coming from Wisconsin, he played outside linebacker, he played defensive end, he played middle linebacker. They, they, they put him anywhere he could play because he was that smart and understood the game of football. So to answer the question, I feel like Joe Schobert could be tailor-made. Now, once again, can he come downhill and deliver the wallop? 
I think so. Time will tell. But from a mental standpoint, I think a 3-4 linebacker is made for Joe Schobert. Yeah, I, listen, I, I think it's going to showcase his athleticism and then pair him up with all those other guys and group him up with those guys. I, I think they have the right players. I think Schobert will be better than he was last year. The Jacks had so many deficiencies. When you have so many deficiencies, especially from the linebacker spot, mm-hmm. we saw this with Miles a couple years ago. you got to worry about too much. got to worry about the young guy, what he's doing. Yeah. Then you can't worry about yourself. So when you get to a point when you can just worry about yourself for the most part, then I think a guy like Schobert even will play better. You have to worry about too many other people maybe to play as fast as he wanted to to his abilities. I'm not putting Joe Schobert in the Hall of Fame. I just think he's got better football in him. And I do think to Steven's question, and I'll say it again, I think now we don't equate Miles Jack because he's such a good athlete as this thumping guy that's going to knock you in the next week. Mm -hmm. Go watch the tape, folks. He's a violent player, mm-hmm. and it's actually unbelievable to watch somebody that physically gifted, that athletic, the ability to make interceptions like we've seen against Pittsburgh and other plays, yet still throw somebody into the third row yeah. with a hit. I mean, he's really got that kind of violence to him. I think it's the most underappreciated, under-talked about part of Miles Jack game. So I think the Jags already have that. They don't need to go find that. No, they are all set there. And without a doubt, when we saw Miles Jack play middle linebacker, we saw him a little overwhelmed, right? Because yes. now, because now you're making the calls. When you're making the calls, and you have to identify who you have in coverage. And it was probably too much Quincy for Miles Williams Jack. playing next to him, who's exactly. admitted said this, my head's in a beehive. Well, no, well yeah. then you got to make up for that. No, for sure. But we all agree that Miles Jack's suited position is the weak side, right? He, he didn't belong at middle linebacker. So He's when, in the right spot. Exactly. So when you talk about a 3-4 defense, because I've, I've seen this narrative around a little bit, well, essentially you have two inside linebackers, right, in a 3-4 defense. Yes and no. Like like I've said before, the weak side linebacker of a 3-4 defense, assuming it's going to be a traditional 3-4 defense, your responsibilities are the A-gap. And then whether there's going to be some kind of blitz or some kind of stunt formation, you go around the defensive end. So essentially it's going to be either, you know, Miles Jack and Josh Allen feeding off each other, or it's going to be Miles Jack and Caleb on chase on feeding off each other. But my point I'm trying to make is it's not that complicated. Now you're going to blitz every once in a while, probably more than you're accustomed to, which I'm not mad at for Miles Jack. Blitzing, yep. you kidding no me? Doubt. The guy can definitely do it. So there's a little more in terms of what your responsibilities are going to be. But as far as, like, once again, having his head in the beehive, like Quincy Williams once said, I don't foresee that happening for Miles Jack in a weak side linebacker role. They now, is this a true statement or not? They now have, with their ability to cover, even with guys like Josh Allen and Chase on, mm-hmm. and Schobert and Miles, could you make the case that they have the best cover backers? At a, with a three-four style defense in the league, I mean, I, and again, I, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm shooting yeah. from the hip here. Yeah. But is it a? Are they going to be that good in coverage? Whether it's running backs, tight ends, because we know Miles is good at it. Yeah. And Schobert, the book on him is he's very good at it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and correct. again, I'll have to break down and see exactly how he did. But the ability for Allen to go out in the flat and get somebody or. Uh, and chase on, you know, mm-hmm. they have that ability now. Yeah. That's why 3-4 makes some sense because that part of the game is prevalent now in the NFL. Yeah. And they can cover all of that space. Well, and you said it. You said space and flats, right? Like, listen, do I expect uh, Josh Allen to take Elvin Kamara man-to-man? Probably not. No, now, yeah. maybe sometimes he'll be in that position just from the formation shifts and things like that. But what you're going to ask Caleb on chase on and Josh Allen to do out of a 3-4 defense Essentially, you have maybe a, a curl to flat, but it's it's nothing out of the realm that they haven't done before. But now you're standing up. Now you're a little more comfortable in your spot. You don't have the hand in the dirt. So I think it's only going to help them standing up. I think that the coverage that they're going to be asked to to actually you know do 
won't be out of the realm of something that they can't do. I feel like they've had experience doing it. So, like I said, I think it's going to be the perfect fit for this defense and the personnel. You have to address the interior defensive line a little more, but I like what I see from the outside. Just a reminder, our restaurant of the day is Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Three locations, Atlantic Beach, Mandarin, downtown Jacksonville as well. Change your life kind of burgers, salads, and more. They want to be your great neighbor. Go give them a try. Uh, they'll deliver through DoorDash and other parties uh, as well. Uh, cater parties from 2 to 500, open seven days a week. Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. You can online order at jumpinjackshof.com. Com. I will have a giveaway of a gift certificate uh, coming up before the end of the show as well. And uh, if you know a restaurant that wants to uh, join our restaurant revival tour, uh, tell them to get in touch with me. It's the best deal in town. I like it. No question about it. And uh, we'll have you on the show just like Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Let's get to South Beach Gary. I think he's hanging on the line. And uh, we'll get him in here in the 5 o'clock hour on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up? Hey, Brent. I hope you had a couple of good days off. Yes, sir. And, uh, Austin, you know, uh, Urban Meyer wouldn't be a good uh, guy involved in wrestling because I think he takes himself too seriously. Pete Carroll, I could see doing that, but I think Urban would just be – I mean you – know, not, not not be able to go with the flow. Let's put it that way. I got you. But one could argue that Ric Flair took himself a little too seriously, and he was one of the best to ever do it. I mean, the guy was lost in his gimmick, and he was great because of it. Yeah, he knew when to go, when to go a little over the top, though, and when to take himself – not too seriously with the woos and the, you know, bouncing upside down over the ropes, all that stuff. Uh, he was a showman, and he, he knew that he, he was great on the mic, no doubt. But got a couple baseball thoughts, guys. Uh, you know, the, the passing of uh, Cal Ripken's mother, I see that that uh, – it just got me to thinking, guys, the unbreakable records in baseball and Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive game streak, something that will never be broken. And, and, and Brenton – Austin, I wish you guys would talk about the uh, the return of Trey Mancini from Stage 3 colon cancer, getting the stand-up uh, ovation from both dugouts the other day. Because uh, uh, sports need some feel-good stories, too, and uh, that was just a great sight. you got to root for somebody like that. Thanks, guys. Thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it. And, yeah, thanks for shedding some light on some of those stories. You know, I, I do think the Iron Man story of Cal Ripken is one of the coolest in sports. Uh you know, at times you can make the case manufactured because he probably played through some days to keep the streak alive. Like, I think that's fair to ask. Uh, in fact, I think it's been acknowledged. But in that sport, listen, baseball, there's not a collision on every play like football. Okay. Right. Everything's relevant to what's the most physical sport. But there probably is not a sport that your body breaks down more in than baseball mm. because it's 162 games. And the travel is ridiculous. You know, you're getting in at four o'clock in the morning sometimes. Um, I can't imagine you're always eating well and drinking well and all that stuff and sometimes drinking too well, maybe. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's not the, it's, it's a lifestyle that I think everybody says they crave, but I'm not sure if you lived it for a year, you would. Sure. You know, I, I think it's that part of it's very difficult. And so what Cal Ripken did was remarkable. It's still one of the most memorable moments that I remember seeing live, yeah. you know, in Baltimore and um, just remarkable. Oh, so and, you, and it's such a cool you were there for Oh, that. no, no, not live. I'm just okay. saying like live I'm, on TV like yeah, that yeah. I remember no, seeing. S- same here. I the mean, whole I'm, celebration of that yep. was fantastic. Yeah, know? I mean, I remember exactly where I was. I forgot how old I was, but I remember I was in, you know, uh, our apartment and 
Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily the biggest Orioles fan, but I was a Cal Ripken fan. I mean, growing up as a kid, like you knew who Cal Ripken was and Absolutely. everything. And yeah, I remember watching the ceremony and the celebration. Um, definitely sticks out to me. I think, by the way, like the Orioles are one of those teams. The Orioles, in a way, at least for my generation, I think back in maybe the early '70s, you could argue that, and or was it '70s? No, that would have been the A's. Maybe it's even the early '80s. So before I was kind of tuned in that they were good and perennially good, and maybe there was a little bit more to dislike about the O's. Uh, maybe it's Earl Weaver. Maybe you know, maybe he drove you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how people feel about it. I kind of liken the O's to when Cal Ripken was playing to more like Kansas City now in football, like the Chiefs. They're a very hard team to dislike. Sure. You know, yeah. like this organization. Like, I don't I don't feel like a lot of people, like, hate the Orioles. No. Uh, and I think a lot of that was because Ripken. Ripken was the face of them, and they didn't bother you that much because, quite frankly, they were never really, like, that good during his playing time. Correct. But he was always this cool story, you know? Uh, The thing about, like, Ripken's whole deal is nowadays, like, you look at athletes, you look at LeBron James, you're like, holy cow, what a specimen, right? Yes. Uh, You look at, name your athlete, and you're like, whoa, what an athlete. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the way our athletes look now. Like, we're watching spring training. The Yankees, they look like they took the Jacksonville Jaguars roster and put them on their spring training roster. Yeah. Every guy is built like he's six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds. It's well, unbelievable. And then you have Aaron Judge, who's just an but, ultimate freak of nature. He's a freak of nature, but there's a lot of guys on their roster now look like Aaron Judge. Is my point? Sure. Ripken is actually a big guy, and I, but I just don't know if you ever looked at him and be like, "Wow, what the ultimate athlete." You know, no, well, he didn't. He looked a little bit more like the everyday guy. He did. And he well became an everyday guy in big leagues. Yeah, he did. And like, I'm not sure if he's ever really considered a home run hitter. Like, I don't. As as a kid, I didn't remember Ripken for hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, I mean, he hit enough. It he was hit a more, lot of doubles. Yeah, and, it was more of just being like the dependable guy. You know, and that's. Yeah. Like, it's funny because, like, growing up, like, I think of Griffey as a, the ultimate athlete. Why? Because, well, the guy hit home runs and he stole bases and all this stuff. And, like, even, like, uh, Big Mac and Sammy Sosa growing up as a kid, like, you consider them, like, world athletes because of their power. But, like, Cal Ripken, I never considered, well, this guy's a freak athlete. Like, the way it was ingrained in me was this guy is just as tough as they come because he doesn't come out of games. He doesn't miss games. Like, he's mentally tough. That's what I associated with Cal Ripken as a kid. I think, uh, you know, maybe it's a thing in golf, but a thing in baseball a lot. Like, you don't want to change a lot, right? If a pitcher doesn't want to change their mechanics too much, they want to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a batter wants kind of their same swing mechanics, their same stance. Now, people do change stances, and some things change over the years. But bottom line is, like, you want it to become second nature. What I had always heard and really then ended up seeing about, like, I think it was, I, this was the story on Ripping, is he changed his stance, like, all the time. Yeah. And he still hit and was productive and all that. So it's like he never – so I, I think, if I'm not mistaken – uh, this was a conversation we had about Ripken, but like if you go back to the early days of Ripken and then you start just going through the years, you'll probably find like 10, 12, 15 different stances that he had. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. way he's holding the bat, like whether he's open, closed, whatever it might be. That's a pretty unusual thing in the sport of baseball. That's one of the things that I remembered uh, in, in past discussions about, uh, about Cal Ripken Jr. I would say him and Chipper Jones, when you talk about, like, especially from my childhood, like my generation, like, you always think of Griffey, Sosa, yeah. and McGuire. But then it's like, well, what about Cal Ripken and Chipper Jones? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I completely spaced on those yeah, guys, yeah. but they, they were huge influence as well. And uh, I would say this, though. Mm-hmm. I think most people would agree with this. I'm doing this without looking up the Frank numbers, Thompson's folks. another one, too, by the way. But I'm going to say this. I think people would say Chipper is twice the player Cal Ripken was. Sure. Like that good. 
you know, yeah. that talented. Yeah. I think uh, that's a fair comment. <laughs> I might have to go look up the stats now after I said yeah, that. Yeah. But I, do, well, I just think from a talent standpoint, and that speaks, by the way, volumes about Cal Ripken Jr. I just think he was had become this reliable everyday guy, like you said, and he mm-hmm. earned everything he got. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, they have a super talented family. They all played at the bigs. Yeah. But I just think from talent you, productive standpoint, I believe it was chipper. Do you want uh, me to get the numbers to Mancini? The Trey Mancini thing is very cool. 2019, he hit like 35 homers, had 100 ribbies. He was on a ready to really take off in his career. And then he had colon cancer, stage three colon cancer. So to see him come back and now play in the standing ovation, South Beach Gary mentioned it, it is a really cool comeback story. That probably has gone under the radar a bit uh, once again because Baltimore, they are not very good. Um, but watching Mancini will be something to see, uh, not just this year, but in the future. What do you got? You got any stats on? Uh, yeah. You want me to wait till after the break, though? Yeah, let's look them up. Now I want to see if I'm right. I think Chipper, <laughs> most people would say, is two times the player Cal Ripken was. Okay. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to stand Whoa. to that for the next, like, They're pretty four comparable. minutes. So one guy played for 21 years in Chipper Jones. Chipper, or, I'm sorry, 19 years for Chipper Jones, 21 years for Cal Ripken. Okay, so the stats I can't wait to see what happens. We'll also give away a gift card to Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. It's coming up on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless T-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He isn't Joe Burrow, right? He isn't Justin Herbert. And so when we look at those guys and the success that they had last year, both of those players could create plays with their legs. Both of those players could extend plays and give his team second play opportunities offensively. And I just don't necessarily think Mac Jones can do that. Do I think he can make the requisite reads in the pocket and the throws that are need to be made? Absolutely. If the guys are open, if he has that opportunity. I just don't think he makes your offense better beyond the X's and O's. That's Ryan Clark. I mean, I, I guess I see the criticisms of Mac Jones. I see the praise of Mac Jones. I think he is the most confusing prospect we have. <laughs> yeah. And that's with a guy like Trey Lance who didn't even play. Correct. And so Mac Jones is very interesting. Kyle Trask getting like no love, which is wild because if you talk about the first two months of the football season, they were both getting a ton of love mm-hmm. and tracking toward a Heisman. Mac Jones is very interesting. What I, I, I don't know if anything above the X's and O's. The X's and O's are pretty damn important from the quarterback position, Ryan. I'd hope so. I mean, that's a pretty important part of it. Yeah. Like, I get it. We're in a day and age where Kylo Murray's going to go make a play with his legs. Mac Jones ain't doing that. Sure. But Mac Jones may be so good with his processing and with his deep ball and accuracy yeah. that that makes up for it. Yeah, that, everybody's got their own qualities. The X's and O's mean something. Now, obviously, Drew Brees maybe fell off a little bit last year, but the X's and O's got Drew Brees all those records, right? The X's and O's helped Tom Brady have his success. So, um, to me, you can't undervalue the X's and O's, the on-the-field mindset, especially from the most important position in football. Yeah, I, I do think he is, as we get closer to this draft, I think he's really one of the most interesting guys. Matt I Jones, could see yeah. him going. There's people talking. He's not getting past number eight. At, at, like I remember doing a, I had a script on TV. I wrote it, and I was like, wow, some people have him like in the top eight. I was like, he's not going to the top eight. 
there was no buzz around him being the top eight. Mm-hmm. There was buzz around him being like 15, 17, Patriots at 15, I think it was. He won't get past maybe 20, 22. Okay, that makes sense. Could even slip to late in the round or somebody jump in at 32 like they did with Lamar Jackson because he's a quarterback. I could see all those things. But then there's like uh, Atlanta at number four yeah. and Philly at six. It's like, wow, really? Okay. Like, <laughs> he's an interesting Listen, rooting for Mac Jones, so I'm I'm trying. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying he could be all over the first round of that board, and and even I don't think you can rule out the early part of the second. And the reason being, I'd be if I was a GM, if I was a team, I'd have to see a lot to overcome the idea that I know he can't move. Yeah, like he really can't, and and he's not that guy. And this is a day and age where everybody's moving. No, see, you're not position. You're not wrong, but like. And listen, I don't want to contradict myself here because I say it all the time. Like, you got to be a dual threat guy. That's why I was on the Kyler Murray bandwagon last year and the Lamar Jackson bandwagon two years ago. But at the same time, like, I see guys like Matt Ryan. Like, Matt Ryan's not a mover to me, but Matt Ryan still puts up big time numbers in the NFL. Yeah. Tom Brady's obviously not a mover unless it's, you know, third and one on the goal line and he sneaks it in for a rushing touchdown, which he's also known for. But, like, he's not a mover, but he still gets the job done. Drew Brees, the same thing. So. You know, obviously, Mac Jones is kind of the last of a dying breed. He's definitely the outlier. But we've seen sometimes, like, those outliers can can have a lot of success in this league well, if it's the right situation. And what I always say about these guys, at least for me, my mind says, you just mentioned players that are now 10, 12, 15, 18 years into their career. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not going to be able to move like quarterbacks move now, like Trevor Lawrence will be able to move, you know, then you better have the, the wherewithal, right, the knowledge, the wisdom. Well, it's hard to say Mac Jones is going to have that kind of wisdom if you're comparing him to the Matt Ryans who's been in sure. the league for 12, 13 years and, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and the rest. That being said, he couldn't. He might be like next level good at that kind of stuff. That it's okay not to be able to move. Chase takes a little shimmy, you know, or a little slide or a little whatever to get out of harm's way. And so, again, I'm not betting against him. I just think that conversation alone, to me, his his mobility or lack thereof Mm -hmm. makes him maybe the most interesting guy in the first round of the draft. Yeah. To see where he lands. I I think there's well yeah I mean I agree there's no telling and I also to kind of go along with the point a little bit in terms of like where could they land I think it's Mac Jones and it's Kyle Pitts because I, I I see so many mock drafts obviously I'm I'm a, I'm a Kyle Pitts fanatic Brent as you don't I mean I'm sure you know you've listened to the show the past couple of days hopefully but uh I'm a big Kyle Pitts guy yeah and you like, are big you you see him number four you see him number ten you see him number fifteen like. Kyle Pitts is like the ultimate enigma to me, and it's like, well, do you want him to be a, a wide receiver, like a big-time wide receiver, or do you envision him as a tight end? And like every team, I think, has their different preference of what they want out of Kyle Pitts, but the question is, where do you risk him take going in the top five, the top ten, or top 15? Yeah, uh, interesting debates. We'll continue to have it. All right, let's pay off this question that yes. we had before the break. Yeah. And I just, just to make it clear, because it's not going to sound great, I tweeted it out, it is – and, and it probably doesn't even sound great that I'm saying it in this respect because they're both Hall of Famers. Yeah. But my thought was, I think Cal Ripken was awesome. Very good. Yeah. One of the great moments. I, I, a great player, fun player. I think you could put him in your favorite player category. Like, he's a really cool guy. Uh, and, and terrific. Mm-hmm. Like, really good on the field. Like, I think so many people know him for being the Iron Man in the games played, but, like, really good. Like, there was a reason why I was on the field for 20 years. You had to be that good. 
when we say like you mentioned Chipper Jones yes in in a part of the conversation and I'm like man when I think Chipper Jones I think like greatest switch hitter of all time potential mm-hmm. like I'm thinking I said in my mind he's like twice the player Cal Ripken was twice the talent Ripken was sure. they're both Hall of Famers my guess is that's not an accurate statement because Chipper Jones's numbers certainly aren't double the the numbers of Cal Ripken. I say it in more the context of if you give put 32 GMs and teams and redraft, even though Ripken was unbelievable, I think every one of them, 32 and 0, says Chipper Jones, I'm taking him. Yes. Right. And yeah. it's not even a conversation piece. Yeah. That's my. That's what I think from what my eyes saw when they played, without looking at numbers. You looked up the numbers. Yeah. How close are their numbers? So here we go. I mean, obviously, games played goes to Cal Ripken 3,001, and Chipper Jones is 2,499. So yeah, it's about 500 games. But yeah. like the way this is broken down is they average their career numbers over 162-game season, okay. right? So if we're averaging a, a full season of baseball, um, Cal Ripken, 89 runs. 172 hits. Uh, I'm you just want the averages, the batting average. Yeah, just go to just the do, average. Just yeah. do average home yeah. runs, RBIs. That's all anybody cares about. All right, cool. So 23 home runs on average for Cal Ripken. Okay. 91 RBIs. Okay. Uh, and a batting average of 276. Okay. I'm, all right. So okay. 23, 91, and 276. And 276. Chipper Jones. I'm gonna guess Chipper. Okay. Uh. Numbers on average 300, uh, 31, mm-hmm. and 105. Wow. Pretty impressive. So 30 home runs. Okay. So you're close. So seven more. 105 RBIs dead, dead on. Wow. The bullseye. And then batting average is 303. Yeah. So And that's why I knew 30 because he's a career 300 hitter, I think, sure. from each side. I think he's like identical. From each side, so so he's basically thirty points in average. Mm-hmm. How about, does it say gold gloves? Do you have something over um, there that might say gold gloves? I would have to look that yeah, one up. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, my, it was hyperbole to say twice the player, though he's not twice the player. No, for sure. Uh, he, but I, I I think my last statement, what I just said, is I think. Everybody would take Chipper Jones over Cal Ripken. Yep. So uh, Cal Ripken had two gold gloves, and I'm looking up Chipper Jones real quick if I can find Probably it. Probably like eight. Uh, man, if you get this right, too, like you might have to start running another like Chipper Jones Hall of Fame thing here. We got uh, – it's not saying on Wikipedia. Why don't they have the gold gloves up here? We'll find the answer. Yeah, we'll find it. Hey, uh, caller number three right now, $50 gift card to Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Available at all three locations. $50 gift card. We will email you that card. By the way, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Right now, give us a buzz. Call number 3-904-362-9901. 904-362-9901 for a $50 gift card to our restaurant of the day. Here at our restaurant revival tour on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Hey, Kyle Rudolph is available. Yeah. I got to get to these two topics. One topic. One other topic. Got to make sure I get to it. Are we interested in Kyle Rudolph or not? I don't know. I mean, I asked you that. You kind of. 
<laughs> kind of made that face. It's kind of the Tyler Eifert effect, I feel like, a little bit. But you also need tight ends. And I think Kyle Rudolph is more than a suitable run blocker. So, like... I don't think it'd be the worst thing to at least take a gander. As the old, as as people like to say, you're going to have to kick the tires on some of these guys, right? Because there's not enough young players, and we say this all the time. Like you could draft two tight ends, but what if you had? And you have Josh Oliver, but once again, he hasn't really yeah, proven anything. So give me, um, what's the kid out of uh, Miami, Brevin Jordan? Yes. Right. So say you get. I'm gonna sorry disappoint you and not have. Kyle Pitts in this. Well, that's your mistake. Well, I know, but it changes the context of the conversation, okay? Well, hey, that's 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 your call. Good luck in the future as a GM. Let me ask you this. For I'm going to give you the next two years, okay. 2021 and 2022. you rather have Josh Oliver, Pat Fryermuth, I think mm-hmm. I'm saying that right, yeah. uh, and Brevin Jordan. Okay. Or would you rather have Oliver... Mm-hmm. Brevin Jordan, mm-hmm. Rudolph, and uh, give me another like Johnny veteran Smith. guy. Well, that's like a big. That's like a free agent. You're definitely going to say you'd rather have Johnny Smith. He's a known commodity. <laughs> that I, is I'm, correct, I'm sir. trying to think of another guy was, like Rudolph. So like this veteran guy that might have some left, yeah. but you're not sure, or the um, unknown commodity of another rookie young tight end who we know doesn't really produce historically early on in their careers. That's my point. That's why yes. I put the window at two years. Yes, yes, yes. So, so like you, what, what do I want? Yeah, who do you want? These three unknowns. <laughs> And Oliver, Fryermuth, and and Jordan, mm-hmm. or do you want Oliver, Jordan? So you got two kind of unknown young yeah. guys and two older guys that are like, okay, I know he can give me what Eifert gave you, yeah. thirty five catches, a few hundred yards. Yeah. The, I know he's going to be here. He's going to help. I, I would take the latter all day. So you take the the veteran guy, a couple yeah, of veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I would too. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can only have so many young guys now. John o. Smith, if you were able to get him, which I just don't – first of all, I can't sit here and honestly say, like, I'm like, i got to go get John o. Smith. you got to get him. I'm fine if you got him. I'm saying that. And, and, well, Hunter Henry, but, yeah, John o. Smith, too. Well, and that's, I think, why, right? Yeah. Like, we know the name Henry, yes. and Henry, because he can be very good, mm-hmm. we and we know he can be very good, we're at least as a from our perspective, not inside the building perspective, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll just hope that he stays healthy, mm-hmm. right? That's not the way they should look at it. John Wood Smith, who's like, what, 25 years old? I mean, I don't feel like he's as dynamic. See, But he still, he adds something to your room that you probably know what you can rely on. Yeah. And there's something valuable there. Bottom line is, I don't think they're going to get either guy. I think both those guys could end up getting franchised. I think John Wood Smith's done. Honestly, do? I think that they got, don't they have the, the Ferkser guy that they seem to like? There's the one, they do, but would yeah. you franchise Jonu Smith at 25 years old if you're Tennessee, if you think the Jags are going to get him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because like right now you're, you're still the Tennessee Titans. Like You're still, in my opinion, probably at the top of the division. I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that the Jacksonville Jaguars don't get any ammo, ammo right? And I think Jonu Smith could be the ammunition. Now, that's a good point. They could franchise take him. I don't think – maybe the Chargers could franchise take Hunter Henry for like the 10th straight year, it seems like. But with John U. Smith, I think he's versatile. I think that he could be a weapon in this Jaguars offense. I think the problem, though, with John U. Smith in Tennessee was he was relied on as the guy. And then the emergence of A.J. Brown and then the emergence of, you know, Corey Davis kind of being hot and cold. But obviously running the ball, too, with Derrick Henry, like – 
to me, John Smith kind of got forgot about a little bit. And like he just kind of went to the back burner. It's yeah. not it's not it's not his fault. It's just like the way the the the, the chips kind of shook out. So I think that he would have a definitely a more expanded role here in Jacksonville. I think they could utilize him. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I'm not over the moon about Johnny Smith, but I like you got to just load up on tight ends, Jacksonville. Yes. So Correct. go ahead, Thank go you. ahead, bring him on. Thank you. And I think you got to do it. Uh, the topic I wanted to get to, I haven't really got to yet. Give me a team that will be a surprise. At quarterback, like might invest in quarterback, but that would be surprising. Is it Philadelphia? Like Jalen Hurts, but they pick number six. There's plenty of QBs available. See, I don't know if that would be that shocking. Sure. Uh, I, I I would think it'd be smart. Well, I think last year you could say the Green Bay Packers were the surprising well, team. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Because nobody saw that card. Yeah, that, I didn't see it that's coming. a that's a good call. Like, yeah. Okay, so play that card up. What yeah. if Seattle makes a move up to get like a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones or somebody like that? Yeah. Right. It, that would be Sunner. That would be a. a and and a, assuming they a have Russell Sunner. Wilson at, still. Yeah. So to answer your question, what team is going to be the surprise where I can see them moving up and taking a quarterback? I love this question. Wish I had more time to think about it. They're better when you don't. I know, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two teams here, Brent. I'm gonna give you I'm giving you the Los Angeles Rams. Oh. And I'm gonna give you I need another the Stay Dallas, on that trade. The, the Dallas Cowboys. I was gonna say you could uh, say yeah. Detroit. I know, I know. I'm I'm going the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Well what do you got? Don't just ask a great question, I'd answer it yourself, sir. Well, I'll say Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Okay, gotcha. So I say, and Philly, even if they still, too, yeah, but yeah. I just don't think Philly counts as surprising. Yeah. They're picking in the top ten, and they have a guy that's unproven. Sure. So they could reset their quarterback position, and and I would probably do it if I were them. Like yeah. if I like one of the guys available, I'm doing that. Yeah. Hey, uh, coming up on later in the week, we'll have a few gift cards for the Players Championship as the countdown continues. So make sure uh, you pay attention to that. Thanks to Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, we got a winner on our gift card. They are a restaurant of the day. Once again, a restaurant revival tour. Look me up if you want to get involved in your own restaurant uh, here in town. We'll be back at it tomorrow. It's good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back. 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. Live, local, loud coming up next. And we got some hoops tonight, right? Duke and Georgia Tech. 7.30 right here on ESPN 690. Duke, first four out right now. How about that? Have a good night, everybody. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.